Okay, welcome everyone. This is Christy Balsells. I'm the Executive Director of Mito Action, and it is Friday, March 5th, 2010. I'm very excited to welcome us today, the compounding pharmacists who are joining us from Acton Pharmacy. We have Saad, Virginia, and Kristen, who are all uh, very knowledgeable about mitochondrial disease and for the last 10 years have been uh, working together at the pharmacy to help serve mitochondrial disease patients, specifically with their vitamin and supplement needs, which would be compounded. Um, the mito cocktail, as it's sometimes called, is a combination of ingredients that causes a lot of confusion for um, patients and for parents and families, and is no surprise that we have a lot of questions about that. So what we're going to do today is uh, hit the highlights of what's included and then also discuss some of your specific questions. So Saad, Virginia, Kristen, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Christy. Hi, everyone. Thanks for having us. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. Um, again, my name is Saad Dean. I'm a pharmacist, owner of Acton Pharmacy in Acton, Massachusetts. Um, we're an independent retail pharmacy that have a special niche um, in compounding, and one of our um, niches is, is mitochondrial disease. I started, actually, you know, this morning as I walked into the store, half hour later, my the mother of my first patient came in and I said, you know, we're doing a talk this morning uh, or this afternoon on mitochondrial disease. And I said, how old is the patient, how old is your daughter now? And she said, 19. So she we started with her when she was nine. Um, that was our first patient, um, and from there we just uh, started to learn and, and develop and, and, you know, come up with solutions for our patients that uh, makes it somewhat easier to take all these supplements that are um, required sometimes. Um, so we have, a, you know, we make our, our cocktails um, in liquid or capsules, depending on the patient's needs. Um, we also... You know, work, you know, with the, with the patient and the caregivers and the doctors to to make sure that we are supplementing them with what is needed. We are, you know, taking into consideration their diet requirements. We're taking into consideration their diet restrictions. Um, we're taking into consideration their overall um, medication pictures and you know and that are required to you know to to treat this you know mitochondrial disease. Um, so we take a lot of factors in and, and try to develop. Um, somewhat a unique, it's per patient, um, per prescription, per doctor's orders for that specific patient. Nothing is, no two people are the same. We don't have, I, I could guarantee that we don't have two people um, that we compound for that have the exact same doses because this is all weight related, all symptoms related, um, depending what complex, um, we, you know, we're trying to treat. Um, we come up with a formula the doctor has wants to treat with, we work with it and try to come up with the best solution to make it easy for our patients, our clients, our customers, our friends um, to make sure that they at least um, be compliant with it, decrease the amount of capsules they need to take, so on and so forth. Um, obviously, th there's many different supplements um, that somebody could take. We 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 work with as everybody knows, I'm sure, but I'm just going to pretend that nobody knows anything, so I'm just going to go over real quick the supplements we deal with, and then we could, uh, again, answer the questions that we already have, plus take some of your questions as we go. Um, obviously, the most important component of a, of, a mit of a mitochondrial vitamin supplement is coenzyme Q10. Um, our body needs that to make energy. Every mitochondria in the body has coenzyme Q10, um, except, as I was reminded by one of my students who is joining us here today, is except the red blood cells. So, um, but every other every other uh, cell in the body it requires co coenzyme Q10 to function to give us energy. Um, that's when mitochondrial disease comes in. There's some some deficiencies. There's some sometimes it's small, sometimes it's big. Deficiencies in coenzyme Q10. Um, so we have to supplement that patient um, with coenzyme Q10. Um, obviously, reaction, reactions vary to therapy, depending on the severity of the condition. Um, but we have, you know, the, the symptoms should improve. There should be more exercise tolerance. 
hopefully increase a little muscle atrophy, decrease muscle atrophy, sorry, um, increased respiratory function. We've seen some uh, in patients, and especially young patients uh, who have seizure disorders, some decrease in seizure activity, um, increased mental alertness, and um, as, as, as a lot of patients report, they feel better, so they interact socially better with their friends and families. Um, some of the side effects of CoQ10 um, that we have heard of and that has been documented clinically is stomach upset, diarrhea, and the most one, one of the most important ones is sleep disturbance. So that's why we always advise our patients not to take CoQ10 too late in the day. I would, I would probably, you know, we always recommend breakfast and maybe a, a little snack in the afternoon and take your CoQ10 and uh, vitamin supplements then just because of that sleep disturbance that can occur. Um, typically, again, it depends on the patient, you will see an improvement in four to six weeks after therapy begins. Some patients begin right away. Others, um, you know, it may take two to three months, depending, again, on the, on the severity of the deficiency, um, on the complex, other, other medical conditions going on that uh, the body can only do so much at one time. So, it, again, it depends on, on, the, on the person. There's only one interaction that we all have to be careful of, and, you know, we, we have not come across this because our, our, typically our patients, um, we haven't had a patient take Coumadin or Warfarin, which is a, um, um, you know, prevents clots. So, we you know, that's the only Coumadin interaction that we, that we are aware of um, right now. Other vitamins that, uh, you know, are, are, are important, and I'll have... Uh, Kristen talk about them a little bit, and that's the uh, B complexes um, that we deal with. So, Kristen, go ahead, please. So, um, one of them would be uh, vitamin B1, also known as thiamine. This is a water-soluble vitamin, and it helps with the breakdown of carbohydrates and um, helps you utilize them more and um, produce some more energy. So that's where that's where that comes into play. And it also helps with um, <clears throat> the growth and maintenance of muscle tone and uh, helps with uh, memory as well. Some of the side effects, possible to have some drowsiness from this, but like I said, it's a water-soluble vitamin, so really not too many side effects with thiamine. The next one that's really seen um, to be important clinically is riboflavin or vitamin B2. It's another wa water-soluble vitamin. And this helps um, <laughs> produce energy as well within the mitochondria. Uh, it also helps um, increase uh, muscle performance and um, helps to create better mucous membranes and um, helps with skin, nails, and hair. Uh, the usual and some other B vitamins also sometimes included in the cocktail would be um, vitamin B6 also known as pyridoxine, and a vitamin B12 cobalamin. <clears throat> also, um, let's see, one of the side effects of rib uh, riboflavin would be that it can possibly, uh, because of its orange color, it can turn the urine um, in or a yellow, more yellow or orange color. Okay. Um, obviously, with the B complexes, a very important aspect of all this cocktail is taking it with food. Um, sometimes B2, especially, um, and B1 um, will cause a little stomach upset, so food will definitely alleviate um, that. Um, for we also um, for a particular doctor here locally in our area, um, due to palatability, sorry. Um, we sometimes use riboflavin 5-phosphate. Um, it's, it's supposed to be, you know, it's, it's, they're both the same, but palatability-wise, um, it's supposed to decrease, um, it, it's diminished somewhat um, in the cocktail. Other antioxidants, um, and these compounds de decrease the free radical um, accumulation, um, which obviously by do doing that, you're improving energy and functioning. Um, alpha lipoic acid, um, that's right now probably 90% of our cocktails. Um, it kind of coincides with CoQ10. 
Um, another one that we use a lot of is, and sometimes in, in high doses of, you know, it depends again on, on the on the weight of the patient and uh, it's anywhere from 500 to 1,000 milligrams per day is that is vitamin C, and that assists in the healing process. Um, obviously, ability to ward um, to ward off infection. Um, and some side effects of that again is stomach upset, and some people have noticed in high doses of vitamin C you can get a little headache. Um, but typically, I've you know I've, I've never personally heard of it with our patients. Another component is vitamin E. Um, that's you know vitamin E. We use oil or we use tocopherol, alpha tocopherol, which is a, a you know a better absorbed f uh, form of vitamin E. Um, that that protects cellular membrane from destruction, and it's you know somewhat has a, a positive neurological um, it, it improves neurological functioning. Um, we don't, we don't recommend that a dose is higher than 400 or 600. I mean, this was uh, vitamin E was uh, the heal all several years back, and then they did a big study um, suggesting that high doses, you know, don't show any any more benefit any more benefits than a regular uh, than a, you know the minimum dose required. So, you know, we, we've seen some some doctors take it out, some some doctors put it in at a minimal dose. Like I said, anywhere from 200 to 600. Um, typically, in adults, it's 400 milligram dose. Um, this medication can interfere with the absorption of warfarin again, um, you know, so just be careful with that. And then the other supplements that I'll let Virginia talk about um, are levocarnitine and creatine. Okay. So levocarnitine, as many of you know, is the is a prescription, which is a good thing, so you can get your insurance to cover that. Um, and then that's used. For, to aid in the transportation of fatty acids. So again, you're helping the energy production in your mitochondrial. Um, it's used to maintain strength and tone. Some of the common side effects for the levocarnitine, again, is the upset stomach, and most commonly is um, a, a, an odor, like a fishy odor. Um, so unfortunately, that's just one of those side effects that you can't avoid with the levocarnitine. It comes in tablets and in liquid, um, and usually, for the most part, people take that separate from the um, cocktail because it is available, it's commercially available, and it's covered by insurances. Um, and lastly is creatine, which I, it sounds like that's been increasingly important in therapy for mitochondrial disease because it really helps your muscle mass and your tone to help improve that and maintain it and give more energy for the cells. Um, the side effects, again, for creatine is weight gain, as you can be aware of, um, and diarrhea. So that um, is available. We do compound that into capsules or in liquids. So I think the doses can range from 5 grams a day for kids to 10 grams a day for adults. So it, 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 so it is a large amount that you're taking. So when we do it into a liquid, it kind of makes it easier. Um, so you don't have to do as many capsules. Okay. I think that covered the supplements. Yeah, I mean, you know, so so sometimes we also in in our supplements we have you know we get calls for um, to add folinic acid or leucovorin. Um, you know, that's that's sometimes added into into the into the compound. Um, we also have, like I said, like Kristen mentioned, you know, we we have a variety of of B. Vitamins. It could go like I'll just repeat them so people are aware of them. We could, you know, sometimes doctors will order B1, which is thiamine, B2, which is riboflavin, B3, which is niacin. And with niacin, you just have to be careful because it does cause a little flushing um, of the face, and you know, so we have to be careful with that a little bit. Um, sometimes if we do compound that, you know, we will do that separately, so we are, you know, we know if the side effect will occur or not. If if for after one or two refills, the patient is, is fine. We typically incorporate it into the cocktail. Um, pyridoxine, which was mentioned, which is B6, and then B12, which is a cobalamine. Um, the, and then also, I think that covers the Bs. And then other, other factors that we put in there, other cofactors, um, selenium sometimes is used, biotin. Um, we have a couple of patients on sodium succinate, um, vitamin K1, and then that one we have to be careful with because it's you know it's a 
it's a typical small range depending on a, you know on the on the weight two and a half milligrams to ten milligrams a day that is available by prescription. Um, we do have the pure uh, chemical, so we sometimes if that's used, we use you know we don't use the tablets, we use the pure chemical. Um, and then N-acetylcysteine, we have three or four patients that use that. Um, and then I think biotin was mentioned as well. So that that basically is is the array of of vitamins and chem and, and you know that that we that are used um, in a mitochondrial cocktail. Again, it just depends on what the doctors are fam you know that f are uh, familiar with or something that they they used to using with all their patients. It could it could range. You know, like I said, we don't have two patients in our store that have the same mitochondrial cocktail. It, it just differs. It's very specific. It's patient specific. Complex specific, um, so that's why we always people will come in and ask us and say, "What can we? You know, we have mitochondrial disease, or they call us, and we say, you know, you really need to talk to your doctor. It's very important that they're aware of what you're taking, and let them prescribe um, the supplements that are necessary um, for you. You know, in in Massachusetts, we're you know we have Mass General Hospital, we have Children's Hospital, we have New England Medical Center." Um, all those hospitals have um, have a, a somewhat of a mitoc you know mitochondrial division, you know doctors that work with us, um, and that's how patients get in touch with us. There were several questions asked of us beforehand, and I'm just going to hand you know handle those questions, and then um, we'll open up to the you know to a lot of questions. I hope you guys have a lot of questions for us because it makes it more interactive than us talking for an hour if you don't mind. Um, we were asked about ubiquinol. Um, somebody's, somebody's, you know, the, the CoQ10 comes in, in 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 three forms that I'm aware of: ubiquinone, ubiquinol, and idibinone. Um, Ninety percent of our prescriptions are ubiquinone. That's what we use. That's the chemical, the pure pharmaceutical grade chemical that we use in our compounds. Um, we try to stick. You know, we've been using that for since day one. We stick with it. We know it's clean. We know it works. Um, that's that's what we use, ubiquinone. There's some questions about, well, isn't the ubiquinol, um, a, a, you know, a little more bioavailable? And the answer is yes, it is more bioavailable, but it's very hard to compound with. Um, you know, we I haven't had a chance to source it out from my chemical companies yet. You know, they're looking into it. Somebody called me yesterday from them. You know, just because of this talk, I wanted to look more into it, and. It is available. I guess it, not somebody could source it, but you know, we don't think it could be um, worked with in a compound, especially adding co you know cocktail, adding other uh, components to it. There's none of been any studies where ubiquinone. Um, you know, there's anecdotal evidence that you could add other stuff to it. Um, it's obviously ubiquinol is the reduced active form of ubiquinone. Um, Supposedly, it's, it's, it's twice as, avail as bioavailable as a biquinone, um, but the you know the the chemical has instability in air, um, and actually it has a little somewhat of a little potential in in compounding, and that's why we haven't been able to um, use it. Um, and it's it's used as same indication as a biquinone. Um, it's it's just uh, again it, it's uh, it's the reduced form. Um, so it has a higher chance of getting absorbed, so on and so forth. Idibinone is is a is a is a derivative of biquinone. It has a um, it has a le less low molecular weight. We have several patients that um, are on idibinone because they weren't able to tolerate ubiquinone, and also idibinone is is sometimes used to, um, for one of the complexes. Um, and instead of the ubiquinone because of because of bioavailability and and, and uh, increased um, absorption. There's there's a sublingual form I, I you know I'm told of of ubiquinone I haven't been able to find it but uh, um, ubiquinone typically after a dose is taken peaks in 22 hours. Um, we don't have any uh, data on ibuprofen. Um, So the, there was one question as to what a question was raised 
as to how do I know what kind of quality I'm getting if I'm buying it over the counter. As we know, there's tons of companies out there, um, you know, that that uh, um, that sell, you know, co coenzyme Q10. They sell adibinone. Uh, I'm sorry, ubiquinone. And there's also some companies now that are marketing ubiquinol. Um, you know, we typically, I'm not here to endorse any company. You know, it's available by many manufacturers. There are reputable manufacturers and there's non-reputable manufacturers, as we know. Um, we, you know, I, I looked on the website. I, you know, I, I looked at what, what we carry on the shelves. You know, Pure Encapsulation is a company that has ubiquinol. Solgar is a company that has um, ubiquinol. There's others that, that uh, you know, that do have ubiquinol. But again, the qual, um, you know, the, you, you just have to trust the company that you work with, that you buy from. Um, and, you know, the price I guess could range from. You know, somebody was telling me they bought a, a bottle at, at 46 bucks and then. Went down to another drugstore. It was fifteen dollars, or on the internet was fifteen dollars. You know, I, I, you know, I'm not sure what the quality is. I can't tell you what the quality of those ingredients are. I apologize. All I can tell you is that the the chemical that we use is uh, is uh, pharmaceutical grade coenzyme Q10. It is ubiquinone. Um, uh, let's see. This this this. This email did mention to us that when they went with a cheaper brand, um, and I'm not sure what that meant, they decrease. They saw a decrease in uh, in you know clinically, they were deteriorating. When when they went back to the more expensive ibiquinol, um, you know th those symptoms uh, went away and the patient felt better. Um, I'm not aware of a group that sells, you know, in a in a larger quantity that, you know, for minor patients. Uh, it's, uh, you know, that that just have to you just have to look for it at your drugstore or talk to your pharmacist locally. Um, and it says it, now the so the, these these chemicals that we use um, have a have what they call a USP, which means they've been looked at by the federal government um they have a, what they call a monograph on them um they've been they've been studied for that particular disease they've been you know approved for mitochondrial disorders um and that's any form of it any form of coenzyme Q10 now there was another question raised because of the as i mentioned B complexes are sometimes bitter um they have a somewhat of a, a little odor um the way we mask it is we you know we use a you know we use a suspension vehicle that's clean. We use um, our all our flavors are sugar free, um, car carbohydrate free, casein free. You know, some do have carbohydrates, but we try to stay away from those. But typically, the 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 flavors we use are are sugar free, um, and you know we we add sometimes we add steviaside, which is uh, which is a natural um, sweetener um, that's also clean. So that's how we mask thiamine. You know, we 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 add in, we add the flavor and you know in our suspending vehicle, and uh, that's how we achieve a less bitter thiamine or B complex for that matter. There was a question raised. Somebody has Carnitor. They buy the, the they buy Outlevo Carnitine as a prescription. Uh, this person was wondering if we could add vitamins to it. We have the pure powder. We typically don't do that here. And as Virginia mentioned, most of the time we like to separate levocarnitine from the rest of the the compound first because it's available over the counter at a lower doses, but it's also available as a prescription. Two, some of the side effects mentioned. Um, you know, sometimes the patient will stop that levocarnitine, even though we don't recommend it. But at least they could continue while they talk. You know, they could, they could take a little break of it, come back to it, and see how they feel. At least they could continue the mito the, the cocktail, the mitochondrial cocktail. So that way, we're not mixing them together. You know, we're watching for side effects. If after several months, um, the you know they, the 
customer, the patient says, you know, we're, we're, we're fine. I think that this, this work is out. We'll, we try to incorporate it into the rest of the compound. Um, but we don't typically take Carnitor and add anything to it because, again, you have to it's, – it's, it, it comes in 10 grams, which is um, – uh, 100 milligrams per per uh, ml, right? So it's a 100 milligrams per ml. So it depends what your dose. You know, if you need 100 milligrams of of uh, of let's say B vitamin B1, you know how how are you gonna measure? How you know we we have to be careful of because you know typically a, a person would need more than 100 milligrams of levocarnitine. Um, so you know to to get that equation working right, to get the right doses of everything. We have to be careful. So we we typically don't do that. If we are going to add levocarnitine into the cocktail, we will use our pure powder that we have. Um, are there more questions that you have? Yes, I got a couple of more. Okay, super. I'll have Virginia answer that one about the or Kristen about the MCTO. I'll go ahead. Um, so someone had a question about if we could put MC, uh, compound our vitamin into an MCT oil. For those of you that don't know what MCT oil is, it's a medium chain triglyceride. And I guess that's a little bit easier for some people to break down rather than the long chain um, triglycerides. Um, and it's also uh, used in the ketogenic diets often. So we looked into that and um, coenzyme Q10 is soluble, it's best solubilized in oil. Um, so it would be possible. I'm not sure, um, you know, how well that would taste. We might have to work with, you know, formulation. Um, but you can. We would be able to put the vitamins into a um, MCT oil. Um, in terms of someone not being, uh, there was another question: if the uh, digestive system is not optimal, problems with, you know, diarrhea. Uh, is there a better way to absorb these? Um, I mean, unfortunately, because you know, if if the if the system, there is no other way um, unless you do a sublingual. You know, if you could find some sublingual um, dosages that will bypass um, the liver or the stomach, um, possibly exist. But you know that that dosage, unfortunately, especially if you're an adult, is going to require high doses. That lozenge is going to be very big, so you know I don't think that's you know besides B12, which is available sublingually, and a couple other ingredients, you know you don't find these uh, um, these vitamins typically in a, in a sublingual form. That's the only way I could see um, you know trying to bypass the the issue with um, the digestive system. Taking it with food might help. You know, again, that, you know, that we we always tell our patients, please take it with food. It's very important. Um, and the question was, if somebody is on a carb in a carb-free, gluten-free, casein-free, soy-free diet, are we, can you still compound something for the for us? And the answer is yes, because you know we 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 have other you know we have different several different suspending vehicles that we use um, to try to keep this clean because we know. There are other other factors that may take into effect um, when it comes to c trying to compound uh, the mitro the cocktail for that p particular patient. So the answer is yes. Uh, and is there one more question? And I, you know, we discussed the side effects of some side effects of the possible, you know, of the of some of the ingredients. Um, again, stomach upset. It's probably with the B vitamins, with CoQ10, you have to be careful not to take it too late at night. It can keep you up. Um, and that's basically it. So, Christy, I think I've answered all the questions that were initially asked that were initially asked of us. Okay, super. I would love to get more questions, if possible, from everybody else. Okay, well, thank you so much. And let me just unmute the lines, and uh, we can have a little further discussion. So you'll hear a couple beeps, and then everyone, you'll be able to ask questions. We'll just take turns. Um, if... If you're in a place that has uh, noise in the background or so forth, you can mute or unmute your own line using star six. Um, and you can do that if you feel that the noise around you would be distracting with dogs or outside on a cell phone, for example. Also, before I unmute everyone, if you are calling from work, please don't put us on hold. You can hang up and call back in because sometimes the... 
um, Muzak or whatever else happens when someone's on hold uh, interferes with the rest of the call. So let me get everyone on the line. And Saad, Virginia, and Kristen, great job, and uh, we'll look forward to answering a few more questions. Let's try. Let's do it. Okay, so everyone should be able to now uh, speak up and ask questions. So uh, let's, we'll just open it up. Who has a question or, or a comment to share that is uh, relevant to the discussion today? I have a question. I'm Carrie. <clears throat> Go ahead, Carrie. Okay, um, about L-glutamine for, my, for uh, my, m m mitochondrial myopathy. Would that be a good supplement to take? I, I, I have two patients that take L-glutamine, but they buy it over the counter. Yes. Um, Terry, um, we don't use it in our, in our store here. We don't use it in our pharmacy. So, I, you know, I've, I, I know that two people have used L-glutamine um, to increase uh, m uh, muscle. Okay. Yeah, I have mine over the counter too. I buy all my supplements over the counter right now. So, um, and I do take coenzyme Q10, but it's over the counter as well. And I take 400 milligrams a day in the morning. Okay. And I take L-carnitine um, from GNC stores, and I take 500 milligrams of that in the morning. Okay. Um, what what else is in that? What form of L-carnitine is it? Is it L-carnitine or is it a different form? Can you tell? Can I ask you? It's in a capsule. It's in a capsule. Okay. Okay. It's, it's 500 milligrams, you said, right? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. And um, it says that it facilitates the metabolism of long-chain fatty acids. Exactly. Right. Yep. That's That, you know, that kind of works with CoQ10. That's where right. it comes in. Right. I do find that they're very helpful, to tell you the truth. Um, I mean, you know... That's one of the most, you know, we keep telling our patients, that's, that's one of the most important ingredients. The my body my body stopped producing it several years ago. Stopped coenzyme Q10. So I was put on the supplement even before I was diagnosed with mitochondrial disease. Okay, interesting. But, um, yeah. Well, I think I've had mitochondrial disease for many years before I was How were you diagnosed? Well, uh, muscle, muscle biopsy. biopsy or yeah muscle biopsy yeah so i mean you know can i ask you i know you mentioned you take you take it how many how many if i may ask you don't have to answer this question how many pills do you take a day oh my gosh um probably 30 okay okay uh, so i just have to jump in here i mean um Carrie, this is this is you're a perfect example of i think why compounding pharmacists <laughs> exist and why I think we wanted to try to make the connection because um, in terms of quality of life for any of you guys that are either giving the cocktail to your kids or who are taking it yourself um, if you're taking 30 pills then this is probably I'm just guessing impairing your quality of life a little bit and it's often with a compounding pharmacist that they'll work with you to try to get it into a volume that's a, that's smaller than that, a couple capsules or a compounded amount of liquid, um, really on a case-by-case -case basis. So that's, in terms of the big picture, that's one of the greatest benefits, I feel, of working with a compounding pharmacist is that they can put all of that together. Okay, I'll jump in also and, and just say that it's when you do that also, for any of you who use a compounding pharmacist, um, and Saad, I'm sure you guys do this, it's really important to keep an updated printout from your pharmacy of what is in that medication because you are, for any of you who are taking a, a compounded cocktail or combination, then you may lose track of, of the exact dosages of all of these different things. And if you were ever to be um, admitted to the hospital on an emergency, for example, or with your routine doctor's visits, it's very important that you always have um, an updated record that is a, you know, a one-page printout that tells exactly what is in that medication. So, um, so be sure that you have that. You know, to me, that's the only disadvantage of using a compounded medication is I just find patients don't always know what's in it. 
but um, that can easily be avoided if you just request a monthly um, update. And, and Saad, I'm sure you guys provide that to your patients. Yeah, I mean, typically if there's anyway. a change, even if there's a change in the middle of, uh, you know, let's say they've been on it for six months and something changes, we have a table that we send um, to our patients, you know, an almost updated list of dosages. So, you know, we try to do that with any changes or every couple of months we send it in the box and uh, make sure they have it. Mm-hmm. Okay, my last question regarding the supplements, um, which I take about 30 a day, 30 pills. Um, do I need to talk to my doctor about this, or can I just go to the pharmacy myself? Okay, so, um, Terry, it's always, you know, in Massachusetts, a lot of, you know, again, we, we, I have, we have several doctors that we work with. You all, you know, we, as a, me as a pharmacist, you know, a lot of times I, I trust my patients, but I want to, I want to see it from the doctor what doses they need. Again, because a lot of it is weight specific. You have to be careful. We don't want to deal with overdosages. And maybe, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to be discussing this in a few minutes. Maybe your insurance will cover it if you have a prescription. Right, right. And I am small. I'm 5'7". I only weigh 115 pounds. I think it's always important to, um, if for some of you, especially the adult patients, I know you're in a situation where it's difficult to find a doctor who can prescribe this for you. But I think it is always better, even if it's only happening once a year um, with some specialist and you are actively involved in advocating which medications have been recommended and, and actively sharing the latest research and asking, you know, why, why this one and not this one. Um, it always, I think, is a good idea to have that doctor's pre- prescription. Otherwise, you're, you're not necessarily... Um, taking the most effective supplements for what And if I may put a plug in, I mean, Mito Action, you know, the website, that's, you know, we, we I, I mean, as a pharmacist, I look at it all the time because it's always getting, you know, Chrissy does a great job of updating it with studies, um, with links that are pertinent to, you know, the Mito patient, but at the same time to us as professionals. So, you know, I, I do what you just said, uh, Christy. Please, you know, always talk to your doctor. Always look at, you know, there's nothing wrong with advocating for yourself. Uh, but do, try to do everything through a doctor. It just makes it, you know, it, it, you may be getting more benefits um, from a prescription in the sense of the right dosage, so on and so forth, than just trying to guess what the dosage should be. Okay. Good advice. Thank you. Welcome. Let's go on to the next question then. If I could Hi. say something here just just um, uh, as an adult patient and not someone who uh, um is a, a medical person that um, finding finding over-the-counter prescriptions or, uh, or uh, vitamins um, is hard on the wallet. And uh, a lot of these things that are actually prescribed by your doctor can be covered by insurance, especially if they are done uh, by, by um, the pharmacy, the compounding pharmacy. Uh, so that's my plug for the compounding pharmacy. Thank you. Okay. Great. All right, go ahead. Whoever was about to ask your question, jump right in. Hi. Um, my name's Kathy. I'm from Colorado, and I was diagnosed with mitochondria myopathy. Who is the top expert in the country in this field? Uh, that's a great question, Kathy. It's a little bit off topic, but I think uh, I'll answer it for you just in a concise way because, unfortunately, I think we could spend another hour talking about the yeah. pros and cons of, of that conundrum as well. But I don't think that there's um, one per se. I would say that many people think of Dr. DeMauro at Columbia University as being one of the grandfathers of um, mitochondrial medicine as a field. <clears throat> but in terms of centers, that are available, there are, um, they would be in Boston, Massachusetts, Tufts Medical Center, in Boston, Massachusetts, Massachusetts, General Hospital, MGH, Um, Dr. Fran Kendall in Atlanta, Georgia, the folks at Columbia University, Um, and then Dr. Haas and his group at University of California, San Diego, and then I would say second to Dr. Morrow in terms of notability and, and presence in the field 
would be Dr. Bruce Cohen, who is at the Cleveland Clinic. And typically you'll find that um, at those centers, you're going to find people who work with those leading physicians, if not the physician themselves, because many of those physicians are no longer taking new patients, but they have colleagues who have trained with them who then are um, seeing new patients. So I would go to those centers as a start. Does anybody know any others that I didn't mention? Uh, yeah. No. Dr. Natovich at Cleveland Clinic also? No? Is it Cleveland well, Clinic you, in general, I think you'd be. Is Wendy Peltier? Is, is there any way you can put that on your webpage, the centers and doctors? Absolutely. It's probably on there somewhere, <laughs> to be honest with you, Kathy, but um, but I'll, I'll make a note of it as well, okay? And I have a question about the CoQ10. I cannot tolerate it, no matter what dosage I take or which kind I try. Um, and if I don't take it, I'm totally depleted. And when I do take it, I'm so hypersensitive to it that it takes me up, and I feel okay, but when it starts to wear off, it's like coming into a major crash, and I get horrible anxiety from it, and um, agitation. Is this uncommon? What form have you used? Um, I did the ubiquinol, and and I did, uh, I think it's food chapter, natural food source. And I tried the 50, and then I went down to the 22 milligram. And if I take it more than one day in a row, I'm just fried. What what do you what side effects do you have? Um, or do you feel? I get I get very nervous on it. Like I've been drinking a lot of coffee. I get agitated on it. I get um, heart racing. Um, and then it just it just crashes me down. It's like taking speed for me, and then when it wears off, it's like a speed crash. Let me ask: um, is, there, is there anything else in those ingredients in those in those uh, vitamins that you're buying? Anything else in there? No. Hmm. Have you tried taking a five or a ten milligram dose? I haven't been able to find that, and the neurologist I'm seeing, he said the CoQ10 probably wouldn't help me. Well, that put red flags up because everything I've read is CoQ10, CoQ10. And um, and really, it does help me. I just can't tolerate it, and especially after one day, so I've been trying every other day. How is that going? Um, it's still, when it wears off, it just debilitates me. And, um... Is, is the form a capsule? One is a, uh, the one kind I tried was the blue bonnet, and it was a gel. And the other was something chapter. It's a nat- They said it's a natural food source, and it might not give me the side effects. I would try the compounded um, version if you could. Uh, I feel that I've heard of this before, and I even experienced it with my daughter, and she got a rash and and so forth. And when I um, changed to getting it from a compounding pharmacy, then I never had an issue again. Um, I would say that. The second thing I would say is I believe with this fat-soluble vitamin opinion, Kristen, you may want to, chime in um, just to explain very briefly about what that means. With a fat-soluble um, compound, then it can take longer for a cumulative effect. So that also makes me feel that you shouldn't feel an immediate effect when you take the CoQ10. Am I off on that, Virginia and Kristen? What do you guys think about that? No, that's definitely true. Um, it does take a while for the CoQ10 to work. Usually it's about four to six weeks to see an improvement in energy-wise. So um, the fact that you're seeing it immediately, it might be another additive in those supplements that you're taking. I would definitely agree and maybe try doing one of the pharmaceutical-grade CoQ10s like we compound. And what milligrams? 
Well, I mean, obviously, if you're if you're at two, if at 22, you're feeling side effects. You know, you could start low. You could start at five milligrams a day, and then you could always work up. You know, it's hard to work down. I would start as low as possible. I would go to five milligrams and then work yourself up slowly. I I came in late on the conference call, okay. and um, do you so I could work with you to compound my stuff? Where, where do you live? In Colorado. In Colorado. Um, I mean, I could get you going, and then you know. We we could we could help you out. You could you could email me or, or call me whatever. We'll try to help you out. Absolutely. Okay, I happen to be in the car. So will this be? Is this conference call written up at all on the um, Mito Action? Uh, it is. It is, Kathy. It is. When mm-hmm, when you're on the homepage for the rest of the month of March, you'll see the um, link Minute. in the bottom left hand corner that that kind of takes you to the page about this, and there you'll be able to listen to the audio recording, and then next week I'll also write it up and post a summary, and we'll have all the details there, including information on how to contact Saad and his colleagues at the pharmacy and how to submit for additional questions and so forth. I have one other question. I was diagnosed with a small nerve fiber neuropathy at Mayo Clinic last year, and they totally missed my uh, low depleted carnitine level. Is neuropathy common side effect of the mitochondrial myopathy? Uh, I've I've never heard of that, to be honest with you. I'm sorry. Christy, you you might know? Yeah, I don't think I would speak on it either. I I think um, it would be a great question for a neurologist at one of our future conferences. So. Well, my my neurologist said that my cells don't have enough energy to get to my nerves, and he thinks that's what's causing the sensory neuropathy. Can I chime in here on that? Sure. Yes. Okay. This is Terry. Um, I have. I also have uh, neuropathy. And I have mitochondrial myopathy. And um, so I think, and, and my neurologist says that it is, um, it is associated with the myopathy, the neuropathy. It's the nerves, they just go crazy in my body. It's like a buzzing. It's like somebody's plugging me into a light socket. Right. Is that, is that how you feel? Yes, and I'll tell you, since I started taking the carnitine, it has calmed down. It's yeah. still there, but it has helped. Yeah, it does help, and so, and so does the CoQ10. helps me a lot with that, and also my weekly infusions of of uh, Cellumedrol. Um, that really helps a lot with calming everything down, too. So, Are you taking lipo- li- li- um, lipoic acid? I don't take alpha lipoic acid, but my doctor did tell me to start taking it, but I haven't started it yet. I haven't either, and and that's what I would like to get with a top professional in this field, you know, um, and try to get a formula worked out. So I'm just so glad to find you guys. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Let me me jump in on the um, neuropathy and just say that there is a – section in um, Dr. Corson's Clinician's Guide, which is online, which is um, an excellent resource. And if you if you go to the homepage in the top right-hand corner, there's a search box. And if you type in neuropathy there, you'll find that that's the first, um, the first link that comes up. And there's a section in Dr. Corson's Guide about that uh, peripheral neuropathy and, and a little bit about why that happens. So... That's a great place, even while you're not seeing a specialist at one of the top centers. There are uh-huh. some references and so forth there. What I recommend is whenever you um, are, are self-advocating this way, that you print off that page and take it to the doctor who's treating you now. So at least you have a point to start in terms of educating them and being able to move forward on um, understanding how to help you. Okay, and all all these names will be in your report? Uh, Yeah, it it ends up being very detailed, so great. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, let's, Saad, do you have time for one or two more questions? Absolutely, please. Okay, super. Let's go on to the next question then. Hi, this is Sue Gale, and I'm just wondering, what is the highest dose of coenzyme Q10? you've ever worked with, and, and, and can it be toxic? 
Um, you know, there's never been a, sh you know, I, I, in my opinion, as a pharmacist, always everything has a toxicity level. In my opinion, mm -hmm. CoQ10 there's never been shown to be, you know, a, a, a toxic levels at, uh, but a do a typical dose, a typical dose that we see that we work with mostly because we try not to go above what's recommended. Mm -hmm. 300, 400 milligrams a day, divided two to three times a day. The uh, maximum um, that we is eighteen hundred milligrams. Oh, okay. Maximum a day is eighteen hundred in divided doses. So you'll be taking either, either you know, nine hundred nine hundred twice a day or yeah. six hundred three times a day. Okay, good. Thank you. Typically, our, our cocktails um, are we do them all two twice a day, if not three times a day. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. The, um, the, there was a study that was in patients with ALS, um, not mitochondrial disease, where they were giving a very high dose, 2,700 milligrams per day, and, um, and they did not see a additional improvement in symptoms, even with use of the high dose. Um, it's thought that um, something like ALS, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's disease are related to a secondary, they're considered secondary mitochondrial disorders, mm -hmm. so they're not um, a primary defect that is a primary mitochondrial disease with those symptoms, but they are related to mitochondrial dysfunction. Mm -hmm. And so it can be then um, inferred, I think, that those ultra-high doses don't necessarily improve um, the effect of the CoQ10. Mm-hmm. And um, and so more typically, I think um, patients are using between um, 500 to 1,000 milligrams per day, okay. I think is, um, is very difficult. I think um, 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams per day is not unheard of in adults. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is just to put a plug in. That's why I think it's important that you work with a physician because – you know, you could start low, and then you know, as as symptoms improve, as there's no side effects, you could always go. But at least you're being supervised by a physician, in my opinion. Yeah, I was asking because my son is on uh, 1600 a day. Gets it? He does go through a compounding pharmacy in Buffalo, and um, so it's all it's in with the L-carnitine and and all the other stuff. Um, but the doctor had gone up on his dose last August, and actually, I. I personally have not seen any improvement at all on a higher dose. I thought he, I thought he was actually doing better on a lower dose. Um, so that's why I asked, kind of like, what is the range of dosing, and I it's good for me to. Huh? I take 400 milligrams a day, mm -hmm. and that seems to help me, and it doesn't right. upset my stomach or anything. So yeah, he was. Two things to consider: one are some people um, you can do a CoQ10 level. Uh, CoQ10 blood level. Uh, yeah, that's okay. what they do for me. Uh -huh. And some mm -hmm. people are CoQ10 deficient, therefore you're going to require a different dose than a person who is taking CoQ10 as a supplement. Okay, so some people have an actual CoQ coenzyme Q10 deficiency. In fact, I think someone who was on the call earlier mentioned that they that identified that prior yep. to even identifying their um, mitochondrial defect. Yeah, that was and me. Then, okay, and then some people um, don't have that defect, but because of their mitochondrial dysfunction, we know that CoQ10 helps to improve those energy production pathways, and so we, we feel that taking CoQ10 is going to be a, a supplement. It's going to improve. Um, Dr. Kendall spoke last year about some studies on CoQ10, and she shared that she had found um, that high, high doses of CoQ10 were causing muscle breakdown in, in about 10 to 20% of her patients. Mm -hmm. And the way that she measured that was what's called a CPK level. Oh, right. Mm -hmm. Right, and that's so, what I have done. Okay, so it's important, I think, that if you um, are – Again, self-advocating that you just bring mm -hmm. these things up because you wouldn't want to be on a prolonged high dose of CoQ10 without taking the opportunity to um, even once or twice a year check the blood level and check those CPK levels. Yeah, his doctor has checked his CPK levels. So. Okay, so see, mm -hmm. you're, you're on the right track. Yeah, thank you.
Hi, this is Pat. I I tuned in a bit late also. I heard some reference about, I have mitochondrial myopathy, um, about not taking CoQ10 later in the day because of, I guess, sleep problems. I'm wondering, I after I take CoQ10, and I've bought it from Epic Health Online and from various other retail stores, um, no matter what, after two or three weeks on, say, um, 100 to 200 milligrams twice a day, I find I'm having night sweats, and I'm well past the age of menopause, so it's not <laughs> bad. Uh, I wondered if there's anything, if maybe taking it earlier in the day would help with that, or if there's anything, any other ideas. But when are I you taking it, Pat? I've been taking it at morning and bedtime. I didn't know I shouldn't take it at bedtime. I would no. probably, because I think what's ha- maybe what's happening is that your, your, your system is so revved up that it may, may be causing um, increase in sweat. I, I, I would I would ask you or, or just recommend that maybe you take it around 3, 4 o'clock. Okay. Dose, take it around 3 or 4 o'clock. Okay. Yeah, I take mine in the morning when I get up. All of it? Yep. Okay. All 400 milligrams at one time. Okay. Like I said, we, you know, we we typically um, in our compounds, we, we, it's twice a day. Just so you guys know. Oh, maybe I should split mine up then. Two hundred in the morning, two hundred in the afternoon. And and let me know how you do, Terry. Yeah, I will. Oh, Doctor Sad, I have a question about. You mentioned sodium succinate or something. Yeah, that's 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 used for um, one of the complexes. Um, it's the uh, it's in, basically in complex two sometimes. Um, what is that? What is that sodium succinate? It has and to what do with, do? The, you know, it's one of the pathways in, in the energy production. Um, sometimes there's a, there's a, um, one of, there's a breakdown of that, co- of that conversion. Um, mm-hmm. so that's why some people need, um, succinate to supplement that pathway to make, you know, to make energy. Okay. If my blood work consistently shows that I'm low in sodium, is that something I should mention to my doctor and mention it in conjunction with this sodium succinate? Well, yeah, sodium is one thing, and then sodium, you know, sodium succinate is just part of a, mo- a whole molecule. So, you know, we're, not, we're talking about two different things oh, here, Oh, okay. It's important that you let your doctor know that you have, you're low in sodium. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah that's, that's important, but it has nothing to do with what we're talking about here. Okay. Great. Let's let's have another question then. Um, this is Arlene from Michigan. Hi, Arlene. Hi. Um, I also have myasthenia gravis, and I was wondering if the L-carnitine um, could be. Is there any contraindication with the L-carnitine with the myasthenia gravis, or for the CoQ10 for that matter? I don't know. I, I, we'll have to research for you and get back to you. If you want to send me an email, we could look into it and okay. get back to you. Can I just add one more question to that? Absolutely. With the vitamin B group. Yes. Um, because I have a seizure, dis- seizure disorder as well, and I'm on Dilantin now for like 40 years. Um, is there a, any contraindication if they add the vitamin B group? No. No. For the seizure no. disorder. Vitamin, vitamin Bs, um, they're they're pretty um, safe in terms because they're they're water soluble vitamins, so they're not going to stick around um, too long in your body, and you're, you'll excrete. Um, the reason I readily. asked that, so it shouldn't have any buildup of a, of a vitamin B level per se. Okay. So it really so, shouldn't interact with um, the dilantin and the CoQ10 also. Yeah, I've I've never heard of a, a, that interaction with CoQ10, but you know, we'll, I'll research it for you and, and let let okay. you know. Thank you very much. Uh, great. It's one fifteen. Saad, can we take one more question? Absolutely. Anything for you. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Well, so uh, another question from you guys? Last chance. Okay. So um, anybody else have one more question? No. All right. Super. Well, uh, Saad, Virginia, Kristen, do you have any other thoughts that you'd like to share based on our discussion today? Just if anybody would like to contact us, it's actinpharmacy at yahoo.com. Actin is spelled A-C-T-O-N, not, not A-C-T-I-O-N, so 
Um, it's actinpharmacy at yahoo.com. And if you have any questions or need to get in touch, you know, if we could help you out in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. We'll do our best uh, to help you out. And uh, it's been a pleasure being with you guys all. So, Thank you so much for your for your insight and your knowledge. Yeah, on behalf of um, all the people who benefit from what you do, thank you so much, uh, Saad, Virginia, and Kristen, for taking the time to work on this. And um, for those of you who um, would like some additional follow-up, on the website I will post a summary of this. Um, the search box on the website works really well, so it's, it's always a great place to go if you are just wondering about a symptom or about a specific supplement or medication. You can always put that in the search box, and that, that often takes you to lots of information. Um, and the other place that's a great place just to, you know, bounce ideas off of each other is the forum online, which is our, our online community, and, uh, and all of that is free to participate. So if you go online, it's mitoaction.org backslash forum, F-O-R-U-M, and that's a place to ask questions or meet other people and, and kind of compare notes, which I think is really helpful sometimes as well. So, um, but again, thank you all, and Saad, Kristen, and Virginia, thank you so much. A pleasure. And, Thanks uh, for having thank us. Thank you. Look forward to chatting with you guys again, and join us next month on Friday um, in April, the first Friday in April. I'll have to check the date there, and uh, it'll be with Dr. Corson, Mark Corson, who's from Tufts Medical Center in Boston, and his nurse practitioner, um, Maggie Orr. They'll be talking about... Um, becoming a great advocate, kind of the do's and don'ts of, of working the medical system. And uh, look forward to having you guys then. That's on April 2nd. Same time. April 2nd, okay. And then, oh, somebody hung up on us. And then mm -hmm. the other um, thing I wanted to mention was that there are support groups every Welcome Friday. Welcome to Verizon Wireless. The wireless <laughs> customer you called is not available at we're this gonna, time. We're going to wrap up our your call, call now. And, uh, Announcement 1, switch 8. Dash five. Okay. Please be sure oh. that you also are. Welcome to um, Verizon Wireless. The wireless the email call is website. not available at this time. Please try your call again later. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, and uh, everyone have a wonderful week. Thank, thank, you. You. Thank, you. thank 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 you. Thank